Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. I am Wes Berdine and I am joined by Rodrigo Sanchez Javaria in the room live. How are you, man? I am enjoying this whiskey. You, yeah, you, uh, you've had a long day. Um, also, uh, having a long day, I guess, is, is Alex Schieferdecker in Philadelphia. It's been, uh, it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast, so good, good to hear from you again. Glad to be back. So, uh, so anyway, it's good to have you guys uh, back again. We, um, it's one of those off-season podcasts. I, I don't know. I, like I said, we'll be doing them like maybe every other week, and I'll interview someone every other week or something, and uh, that way we don't just continue talking about Robin Lud and Adrian Heath all, all winter long. <laughs> but I am. It is since it is now. It's now officially a 2020 podcast, right? We're looking forward. Uh, we're no longer looking back. Um, mm, uh, I haven't heard that before. Well, last year, basically, right? <laughs> I just, I don't find it like we've rehashed the the, the problems. Now, um, there's nothing to do about it, right? Like my problems, you know, whether or not I think Adrian Heath should say he's staying. So let's just treat it as if like he's staying. And same thing. From with, here on like, out, we're talking about the two to three players we need to become a contender. Yeah, the yes, two to three. Yes. And the new three-year plan. Yep. Start it yeah. over. Restart the clock. Um, so, so... Anyway, trying to go into the offseason with positivity and thinking about that because uh, fatalism, uh, that, that's, uh, that will kill, kill this podcast. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I want to, mainly it's like lots of little stories. So I, I want to um, uh, point to, we don't talk about the U.S. men's national team that much, uh, but Kristen Pulisic back from, uh, back from the dead. Uh, unfrozen from his uh, carbonite freeze. Right. Uh, right in time for Dia de los Muertos, right? And yeah, and he uh, and he scores a hat trick for Chelsea. Uh, and then Serginho Dest uh, is so inspired by Christian Pulisic scoring a hat trick that he commits to the U.S. Yeah, men's that was national like, team. That was like the the decision in the NBA, right? Where they yeah. had, like LeBron did that decision. It's pretty much yeah that way for an eighteen year old fullback. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't follow these things that closely, but uh, obviously, Alex, since you're Dutch, you uh, you've been following the the Dest uh, drama really closely. I'm sure. I've really never seen him play. Okay, great, good, good conversation. Um, well, the U.S. women's got a new coach. Yes, what's his name? Uh, uh, it's the Rain, former coach of this. So, right. There was uh, lots of V's in his name, and so I. Yeah. Okay. So. It seems good. I think the play, uh, the reporting was that the players really wanted him. They did want him. Yeah, that, that's what I saw. That he like the players lobbied hard for him. Yeah, I think I think people like the <clears> overall <throat> reception that I've that I've been feeling. That people are like, eh, okay. Vladko yeah. Andonovsky. Wow. Um. So. Sounds like a nice name. They should have a good Vlat the Vlatko the Impaler. Uh, um. Wait, what movie is that from? Well, it's Vlad the Impaler is is uh, is uh, Dracula. Dracula. Yeah, yeah. But or in the use of Vlad in Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters two, thank you. Yeah, they could also do if they did the paint. That's Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo, Vigo, the, Vigo. But if they had him, guy. if they had, if they did a tifo of of him as Vigo the Carpathian, I would lose my <laughs> shit. I would stand in front of him and be like, "Why am I dripping with goo?" <laughs> it's Vigo. Yes, yes. All right, outlaws. Right. There you go. There it is, right. outlaws. There's your challenge. Uh, yeah. So speaking of speaking of uh, um, uh, women's national team. Wait, why don't we just do this with Vito Manone? Oh, Vito, Vito, the you know Vito the carpet, Vito the Italian. You can do it. 
It's closer to this other guy whose name, whose sole offense is having like a, you know, a Baltic last name. That that is a great, great T4DF if we sign him. Yeah. Uh, Hey, I'm, I'm all all for Ghostbusters 2 jokes. Mm -hmm. That will, uh, that will (laughs) absolutely, um, uh, so speaking of uh, uh, women's soccer, uh, the NWSL final was on this last weekend. You watched it, right, Rodrigo? Yeah, there was a there was a good good attendance at uh, Blackheart. I mean, um, Jeff was there, uh, Abe was there, yeah, Chris. Was... I mean, Bridget was there. Was... I showed up for the last two minutes. Did and you? There, oh, was, we there, was, like there was there was yeah. That, yeah. Like I got in there, and then Giselle was. I brought Giselle because she was the one bugging me about the final, and she wanted to go, and so. Um, She's just really, I mean, her and Abe were having a conversation about how the courage um, are so dominant in this league that it kind of takes the fun away out of it, like, for anyone else to play them. Because the Red Stars were, they were just outplayed. There's no, there's no, there's no other, there's no other way. I mean, the better team won. I mean, MVP or most valuable player, Davinia. You know, was the first but one the, score within the first five minutes, I think. So the Kurds struggled against Rain in the, in the semifinals. It's not like they were just totally untouchable. And, no, but like in, in the finals, every every final, I think that they've played, they've only lost what one. And that was against the Thorns, mm-hmm. maybe in twenty fifteen, I think. In the oh, last, in the ones that they've played. Yeah, the ones that they. I was played, like, they yeah. haven't won the last five. They no. won the they won last year and this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then they played, uh, and then the Thorns played them. I think that's when they lost. To me, as a as a lifetime uh, North Carolina Courage fan, go away. Uh, someone go away. who becomes a who remembers every year when there's playoffs that he's a lifetime uh, Courage fan. Um, I I felt very a lot of pride in the last two minutes of what I was able to catch. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just being a dick. I do. I do like I like them because yeah. I like I like North Carolina FC. I like Stephen Malik, their owner. I love the fact that there's a lower division team that is like, sure, we want to be MLS, but we're gonna we're gonna put in a top women's team here and and, and do really well. And, and, and that they are. They, that they. I mean, they moved the ball very well. I mean, I mean to frustrate Sam Kerr the way she was frustrated, not getting service of the ball, and just being able just to. Play tactically very well. I mean, I you know it was just one of those games where like you got outplayed. The, the better team won. And um, the funnier thing was everybody watching Giselle's antics as every other goal that wasn't a red star goal was was being in there. I mean, she was yelling at the TV. She well, it was, was a four nothing North Carolina win. So so basically every goal she yeah, was no, upset. Yeah, she was she was pacing back and forth. Yeah. At one point she was like, I'm gonna go sit over in the area where usually the, the, the bouncer yeah. sits in. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. She goes, I'm going to claim that seat. I was like, but that's not where you can't sit. It was like, I don't care. I'm going to sit over there. Right? And then, like, I had to convince her. I had to bribe her with food to stay after the third goal. And I was like, well, we, I just ordered food. You just got to stay. And so, like, yeah, it was. Then she had a conversation with Abe. And then people were talking to her. And she was just, you know. That's great. It was It was a good time. It was a good time. Um, the, other, the other playoffs going on. Obviously, MLS uh, is going on. We had... Uh, um, Seattle beat Real Salt Lake and the kind of uh, tragic and not tragic, but just the end of Nick Romando's career. Uh, Nick being kind of uh, kind of a, a legend who I think was rightfully being kind of praised. Um, uh, and then you had uh, Philadelphia um, losing to Atlanta to nothing. And um, 
what was the other one? New York City versus Toronto. That's right. Losing to Toronto as, as they always do. With the uh, with the the baseball backstop netting in front of the camera. What an embarrassment that game was. Oh, oh man, it was. Uh, yeah. New York City need a, need a stadium ASAP. It's terrible. Oh, do you, who gets a stadium? Uh, Miami, Miami, or New York City FC? Oh, neither. <laughs> they both just. <laughs> They, they just keep oh, on playing man. in other turfs. Miami playing in Lockhart yes. indefinitely. That's just unreal. 45 minutes north of Miami. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Um, so, uh, and then obviously we had El Trafico. Um, LAF, LAFC event. 5, mm-hmm. LA Galaxy 3. Um, yeah. T- I, no, about. I mean, that was, a, that, was, that was probably the best El Trafico that I've seen. For people who like playing, you know, like watching goals and watching action and non-stop drama, I think that was one of those games where it, it, it sold everything it needed to be sold. So. I mean, the first El Trafico when uh, when Zlatan single-handedly just right destroyed comes in twenty minutes and then boom. Yeah, that 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 also was pretty okay. But that wasn't the that wasn't the same Zlatan on that first game. You no. could tell. So. I I I think that 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 game between those two teams is the, is the best rivalry in the league. I know it's young, but, and, and it has you know, none of the history of like a, uh, a, um, you know, a, a New York against DC or something, but it has, the stadiums are really good. The atmosphere is fantastic. Every game, every single game of that rivalry has been, Incredible! It certainly it's so much fun. It certainly is the best uh, on the pitch. You know, it's the most fun to watch. But it's, it's great Se- off the pitch too because both fan bases are so strong. Yeah, I mean, but Seattle, Portland, <clears throat> I think have them still have them way beat. You know, but Seattle, Portland <laughs> hasn't always produced. You know, because there's a lot yeah. more games, hasn't quite in the same con, con- uh, con- condensed way. Um, th- these kind of amazing games for for you know two years. Three years now? No, two years now. Yeah. I, guess, I guess the other thing I think about it is that the the stadium is um like the LA stadium is so perfect for these games. I mean it's just a, it's a great it's a great pitch. Um I think that, that helps it. And any of these teams so we're now left with <clears throat> LA FC, LAFC, um, Seattle, Atlanta, Toronto. Um, all of these, you know, one of them is the current Supporters Cup winner, uh, and then the last three are our last three MLS champions. Um, what, does that? Do you like glean anything from that? Does that like? We talk about this league as a league of parody. Does that mean that these playoffs have been a bit better? Like, sure, lots of people get in the playoffs, but the cream rises to the crop. Rodrigo, is that? Are you happy with these final four? Does that? Other than Minnesota being in there would be nice. Yeah, I, I'm beginning to. I'm always not uh, this season. I haven't really been convinced by Atlanta, but that's just me. Um, and I think Toronto has been has been on a, on a decent run. But yeah, I was impressed with how they were able to defeat DC, and then how they were able to just uh, keep on going. So like, I'm surprised that they they've gotten to where they are. I don't know if they can be Atlanta, but it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see that. But I I think. 
I think the the final I would have I would have watched was some, you know what we have right now currently was which was uh, which is Seattle uh, LAFC. I yeah, that's probably the stronger game out of the two. I think I think LAFC is is, is we finally saw right um, this whole season like everyone after you know halfway through the season everyone was telegraphing how to how to counter LAFC right, and then we were wondering what Bradley was going to be able to do in the off season right. I mean, in the playoffs, like, what, what is he? Is he going to counter that? Is he going to come from sort of plan? And then he was able to um, be able to sit back more and let his stars, attackers, the three attackers, be able to do what they wanted to do. And that's kind of like, you know, something that, 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 that now is working them for them now. And it worked them very well against, you know. I mean, having Diego Rossi run at any, any left back or any right back that has no speed recovery, it's just, you know, something that's going to happen. And because we didn't see enough of Blaz- uh, Latif at all as, as often, you know, and that's the other speed that they have on there. So. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I, think, I think the teams that, that have shown throughout the whole season that they, they've done, uh, I think the majority of them are on there. I'm surprised that NYCFC wasn't able to pull it off, but sometimes history, MLS history, playoff history really plays on to, to that as well, too. Chief, uh, what, what do you th- what do you think of these final four? Is this uh, is this an exciting group? Is it? Yeah, I mean, I I always like it. I generally like it when it when the when the best teams are in there. You know, I, it's fun to have underdogs every now and then. But these are the best teams. Um, I think that the only team that you could say maybe hasn't been at the same level. Is, is Seattle, and I know that Toronto didn't have a great season, but but Toronto closed so strong that that I put them at that that tier, and obviously they are the, you know more recent champions as well. I I think that it, you know, I think that par- MLS's parity has always been really exciting, um, <clears throat> but you need to find the right balance of parity because dynasties and uh, you know teams that are really dominant that's very exciting too atlanta uh, winning I, is not exciting at all so i, <laughs> I, I reject the premise of this conversation everybody won this I, year so i really i really think it's exciting i'm 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 pretty pumped about this this final four um uh so on tuesday uh 9 p.m lafc versus seattle <clears throat> we've we're gonna have that on in the the back cocktail lounge at the bar and then uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m., Atlanta, Toronto. Um, I'll definitely be there for that one. I haven't figured out Tuesday. Um, but Wednesday, well, okay, Wednesday so. I'm bartending, so I'll have so to. Tuesday, you know. won't be there then? I don't know. So I it just, might be actually an even match, because every time you went outside of the bar, yeah, with I, someone would score. So that, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, there was, it doesn't go well for LAFC if you're not at the bar. Yeah, yeah. Game. Yeah, or, or it'll be like 90 to 90. Um, so... Uh, I guess, um, do you want to do, let's do a break and we'll come back and do some, a little bit of, uh, Minnesota United stuff. Here we are. It's a 55-1 podcast. I'm Wes. Rodrigo and Alex are with me. Um, <clears throat> let's start with, uh, little bits of news and you tell me, um, what, what excites you here. Um, uh. Vito and Ike were named in the MLS Best 11. Um, since we last recorded, Vito was named Goalkeeper of the Year. Previously, we had already talked about Ike as uh, Dottie, Defender of the Year. Um, 
uh, Bleacher Report used Bill Hamid's uh, photo for Ike <laughs> in their uh, in their like little uh, I did, lineup I know thing. That. Did they really do that? Ike, Ike, oh, I wish I could they find really Ike's did tweet. That. Uh, let me. Ike's <clears throat> tweet was. Let me go find this. Um, okay, put it up. On. Ike said he retweeted the thing. Lol. Uh, Quote, be on the lookout for a black male between four foot seven and six foot eight. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Jim on Twitter put me on tip that um, that Ike uh, Instagram, he, he, I don't know if you saw this, Mm-mm. but he, he was at his uh, partner's or wife's uh, soccer recreational game and it was just like play by play criticizing all their play throughout their whole of her play? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then I think at the end, you know, the, he was like, they were in the car, and he goes, yeah, I want ice cream after that game. He's like, you get no treat for that kind of play. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I was just, no, we'll go ahead. You deserve it. I was like, it's like, it was one of those things where, like, the lens was flipped. Yeah. And so he was able to be able to do that. Yeah, so that's that great. Was, that, was, that was great. Um, I, mean, I mean, Vito and, I mean, Vito and Gregus, Miguel, and Chacon were all at the last Timberwolves game, so that's... See how that's going on as well too. So the um, the best eleven, I guess, isn't particularly surprising. Once we once we heard, I think Vito winning goalkeeper of the year was a little bit of a surprise. Um, uh, uh, you know, he he got the um, cl- he got a lot of the club vote, if I'm correct, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a little bit mysterious. Someone said that there's basically four votes, and it's like the players, club, and then media. Right. Yeah, and the the club club consists of each club gets four votes, and it's like the GM, the uh, something else, the PR director, I think, and so it was just very. Weird, I would prefer the ground screw. Yeah, I think the ground yeah, that would be good. Vote. Yeah, it's a lot of time gets. Just nothing. get rid of the PR guy and just give the the ground screw guy. Yeah, vote. in general, just put the ground screw in front of PR. Um, so uh, I don't, Alex, you can jump in if you have anything to say on that, or I'll I'll go to Boxall. Well, it was super fascinating that Bill Hamid, who got the most of the media vote, got none of the player vote. I saw that. Who knew that Bill Hamid was not at all respected by his peers? I thought that was kind of fascinating. I think he got like 4%. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, and I think think everybody else was between above... uh, Everyone else that was in the running was between 6 and 9, and he got 4%, and I was like, wow... the player vote was incredibly, I mean, the players basically voted for a gazillion different people. There was almost nobody who really carried the player vote. But of all the contenders, I mean, player vote was so low, which was really, you know, maybe he's pissed everyone off. But but also, I, I kind of thought that, I mean, I think the votes were in before it happened, but his performance against TFC in the playoff match was so poor. And it really highlighted a lot of the critiques of him that he's had over the years. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just sort of the, the, if you're a Bill Hamid hater, that was kind of the game to watch. Um, well, and then the he, he, votes he's reflected that kind of weakness. Very much like his uh, other U.S. Um, fringe goalkeeper counterpart of Sean Johnson, who both of them are very good goalkeepers who have, uh, who just, Semi regularly, not regularly, have shockers, and uh, and I think that you know we saw that certainly. Sean Johnson, Vito had thirteen percent of the player vote. 
Vail had 4.47. Sean Johnson had 14%. Brad Guzan had 14%. And then Matt Turner had 2.75. Interesting. That's, yeah, I mean, if you go all across, like, the average was, you know. And media, media went, how did that go? Media, 13.74 for Vito, 23.28 for Bill. Wow. 7.63 for Sean, 7.25 for Brad Guzan, and, like, 10.69 for Matt Turner. Right? That's, the, 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 that's, that's one of the most lopsided media ones where, um, but, uh, yeah, anyway. Um uh, Michael Boxall, speaking of de- the defense, he was uh, given a contract extension. Um, so now we've got uh, Ike locked in long term. We've got Boxall locked in long term. We've got uh, Coleman was locked in uh, previous earlier this year. Um, and Holmesburg uh, was not uh, cut. And so we haven't heard of all, all the cuts, but we, we only heard so far that there were five players who were not given contract extensions in that Thank you, um, Colin. I'm sorry their um yeah their their uh their options were not picked up so it's just that so those are Carter Manley um Rasmus Schuler uh Wilfred uh Moimbe Tarat um he was just cut because we couldn't figure out how to properly all say cheer his name um Ali Ngazi um Loon's legend and Colin Martin um I don't know if uh, we have anyone has any uh, wants to pick up any of these guys and give them a, a rest and piece of eulogy. I mean, it's the least relevant to all of them, but the Ali Nganzi deal makes no sense to me. I mean, he's 18 years old. They picked him up out of Tanzania or, or this Czech like laundering team. I don't really understand what's going on with that, but they picked him up, brought him loaned him immediately for a full year to Madison where he got in a couple games and he started a couple friendlies for the loons or played in a couple friendlies for the loons. And then they cut him and it's like, well, what did you, what did you expect? You know, did, did, did you expect him to make a huge impact as an 18 year old coming to the United States for the first time and playing in, in against, you know, Connor Tobin's of the world and USL one. I, I, it's a little, it's baffling to me. It's like, you know, what was the what was the plan there? I don't quite understand. Yeah, I hope that's not foreshadowing for the other eighteen year old that we that we brought over and still hasn't got much playing time. So. Chacon, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. This is a very weird deal where, um, I don't know. It's it's weird. It almost makes you want to go into the speculation thing of like uh, something's going wrong oh, here. Hope but we're not uh, I don't into to. human trafficking. So yeah, I, I don't say. know. Um, I guess Rasmus Schuller deserves the eulogy as well. I mean, he, he played a bunch of games for us and always played hard. At, uh, for the last game, uh, he was out on the field applauding everyone, and literally all of us around were like, "Who the hell is that guy? Did who's someone? It, who's did, was there a pitch invader who who just started like applauding everyone? And it was like, he, yeah, he, he he cut all his hair off, and we were like, I have no effing clue who that guy is. So, um, and then we figured out. We applauded him. Yeah, Rasmus Schuler, um, a player who was not very bad, but um, just never did that much. Um, it, you know, but he was basically a cheaper Robin Lude. You know, yeah, uh, I would have played him at left mid. I mean, I, I think I saw someone sharing the the data from like who scored, which again is not gospel, but just a data point, which showed that he had been one of our best, if not our best, 
left-sided attacking player this year. Because remember, he started the year in that role. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I always liked, I always liked what he had to offer. You know, you, you didn't expect him to go out there and score a bunch of goals, but he was active and, and fairly aggressive. I think in, in the center of midfield, it, it is very clear what Gregush offers that, that Schuler does not. But, um, but yeah, yeah he was decent. In, he was decent. He was yeah. decent on the left. Yeah, he really was. Um, Moembe Tarat is a, is a little bit surprising uh, in that you know we just didn't see him that much. But again, you know, I, I I keep talking about this in comparing Minnesota as an expansion team to other places. Um, all of the bad decisions we've made, except for Vadim Demidov, um, and uh, you know, different way Calvo, they were all ones that were easily extricatable. Right, we could we could get out of this bad contract because it was just a loan, or it was someone we brought in for a year, or um, and um, and Moembe Torat, they brought him in on a loan. They looked at him. They needed some cover. He never played poorly. Like he scored one fantastic free kick. Oh, and the, yeah, the game that, the game that friendly. didn't exist. Yeah, um, and so you know, I I think that like actually when he scored that, that was totally the. Um, on who was it? Who was the uh, Owumi? What's it? What's who's the center back from last year? Oh, Owundi. Owundi. Yeah, yeah. Owundi, I yeah. literally can't. That if you score, Oops. if you're like a, if you are like a uh, a guy who comes in and you score in the uh, Pachuca friendly or Saprisa or any of the Latin American teams. You're gone. Panga scored in, in the Saprisa friendly. Exactly. And he's gone. And, and, and Bashkim Kadri, his own, the only goal oh that Bashkim oh Kadri scored for us, was also in a friendly. Oh, my God. Right now, that, you figured that, it out. that gif where the guy's we've pointing We've discovered on, something on, here. I don't know what we've yeah. discovered. I don't know. It's, it's definitely so a thing. Like, Do not score in this friendly, guys. That's right. <laughs> you are wait, gone. Did Miguel, wait, wait. Did Miguel score in a friendly? Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Don't do this to me. Um, now we're looking it up. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have asked that question. Oh, shit. All right, I'm going to look it up. You talk about uh, the rest of these guys. Delete the podcast. (laughs) Delete, delete, delete. Um, Who's uh, that? Anyone else there who's worth talking about? I I mean, I agree with Schuler. I think Schuler did do a decent job when he was there. I just think he wasn't put where he needed to be uh, successful. I think at the left, he was was doing uh, doing a decent job. I just... Don't see how much better Lude is in that position, but I also, I mean, at least you know he could. At least you know he could give you 60, 70 minutes for sure, and then the rest was just you know. Was was when you would be able to get someone else in, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think Moibit Tarat was probably a decision that the you you know you looked at him, he was okay, but you didn't want to give up a spot, um, and then. Uh, that puts you. That puts you know Dotson in a position, which I don't really like watching him play left back. But um, that's going to be interesting when we uh, when we go out into the market and, and see what might be available. But at least their defense is solid. You know, at the core of it is mostly there. So that's I'm excited for that aspect of it. But um, let's see if we can actually hold on to doing some finding of somebody that can put the goal in the net more than 
know, well, fifteen times. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to that. So I couldn't find on Soccer Way. It didn't have. I want the friendlies from all months in 2019. Soccer Way did not have. Uh, so does does Hertha Berlin count, or is it we just thinking Pachuca? I think we'll have to figure that out. Okay, we'll come back to that. One. Yeah. All right. So um, let's. Uh, the other news is. Boxall got an extension, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, no, that's it. Well, I want to talk about these two things. I want to talk about the protection for the extent, expansion draft. And so the expansion draft um, will be going on uh, November 19th. Um, Miami and who's the other team coming in, guys? Do you know? Have you forgotten them already? Austin? Justin Davis's Nashville SC. Oh, yeah. Um, what is Austin? And actually, Michael Reed is still there. I should get Michael Reed on this podcast. You got Bob Rocket Reed. I Rocket Reed, Mickey, Mickey, as I used to call him, Mickey. Um, he's their captain, so I wonder if he's gonna. I mean, I can't imagine they'll keep him with the team. I don't know. Who knows? I hope so. Keep, very, bring your captain up. Give him a chance. Very good, dude. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, we can protect 12 players. Two people who are automatically protected are Generation Adidas. That's uh, uh, Dane St. Clair and Mason Toy. Um, uh, I don't know if you have your rosters up here, guys, but my question is, who do you protect here? And uh, let's go with the obvious ones, right? Ike, Boxall, Metanier, Gasper, Gregouche, Ozzy. That's six. So those those six let's take as there's not even an argument about them, right? Anyone gonna argue with my who there's no mm-hmm. argument about? There's gonna be more. Oh sorry, Dotson and Chacon, I would say also. So now we have eight that's automatic. I was gonna say, yeah, you gotta put those in there. So let's understand Romario's out of the picture, right? Because he's playing over over in Mexican League. He's Can still you? on our team, so he's someone we would want to protect if we want to keep him, but mm-hmm. you can't imagine anyone would take him, so why would you you just let him uh, free. Okay. I wouldn't protect, protect him. Um, so then the additional players who you would consider protecting, um, and so we only have four spots left for these guys, are, uh, let's see, um, Robin Lud, Darwin Quintero, Miguel Ibarra, um, Ethan Finley, uh, Kevin Molino, Vito Manone, because we would have to protect him to keep his rights, I believe. That is um, correct. Um, uh, Wyatt Olmsberg. Um, I don't, anyone else do you have the roster up that, that anyone else I'm missing? Brent, Brent Coleman, yeah. And we have Larry Olm. Well, yep. And I think that's um, Abu Dinladi, if you will. Yeah, Abu Dinladi, that, that, I think that's it. You know, and then um, is Bobby still on the roster? Bobby is. So then that would be. Yep, you would consider Bobby and Angelo. I don't know if anyone remembers him. He's our striker. That's right. The number so, can't so Alex, why don't you go with me first? F- fill those fill those last four spots. Well, that's a tough one. A part of it comes down to you know things we don't know. Like, is it likely that Vito comes back? Um, if it is, obviously you're protecting him. I I I I know they're going to protect. Lud, which drives me nuts because with his contract, there is 0.0% chance that Nashville pick up him given his, what he showed for us and, and how much he's being paid. 
but they will hundred percent protect him. Um, I don't know. You know, the other, the other things we don't know. I mean, you know, Quintero, what's the situation with Quintero? We don't know anything about that. Um, well, who would you Angelo's Angelo seems like, well, I mean, I'm, I would try to resign Quintero. I'd try to resign Vito. I'd try to bring both of those guys back. I would not try to resign Angelo. Um, you know, obviously I want Miguel. Um, no, Dotson big was in Dotson our final. One hundred percent. Yeah, we we had that on our okay, for sure. Protect. If you yeah yeah. If you want to scoot over and look at, I my think screen, I would. Screen. I I mean I think I would. I, I I might be the only person left who likes Abu Dunlady on this team, but yeah. I would. No, you and and uh, Adrian Heath and Elisa. Yeah, but Adrian has Adrian has only really used him in kind of a reserve role. I, I don't know. I thought he when he was a sub, he was decent for us this year. I, you know, he's not. He's not going to be the. He's not going to live up to the pick, but I think he can be a useful player. He can be a Darren Maddox type player for us, um, and it's useful to have a player like that on your team. Okay, so I might consider protecting him as well. Give me four. Give me your four, man. Uh, what I, so Quintero, Vito, uh, Miguel, and uh, it's Finley and, uh, Finley and Molino. Oh. Oh my God, um, Molino then Finley then yeah, that's fine. Got to be those two. So, f- so Molino, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking a boo off. I'm taking a boo off. Okay, so you've got Molino, Finley, Vito, Quintero, Molino, and Finley. Okay, so you're unprotecting, uh, leaving uh, uh, Miguel condomless, unprotected. Uh, <laughs> Bareback all the way to oh, Nashville. God, no. Delete the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, podcast. all of a sudden this became a two Dave's fan. Uh, two, <laughs> two, two Dave's fan. Two Dave's <laughs> fan. I don't know. They're all the same podcast to me. I don't know. Who are these people anyway? I don't know. The loons I know. The loons I don't know. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, are you writing these down? You should be writing these down. Uh, so you have it you know, written down somewhere. For posterity? Yeah. No, not? I don't. You can write it down. Um, who are you? Who you're? Who are you for here? Um, and and by the way, you left Wyatt Olmsberg, your best friend, forever. And Brent Coleman as well. And Brent Coleman. Yeah, I left. I left a lot of good players. Open, I think. I mean, I mean I, it, it's it unlikely someone takes Brent because because of the suspension. Yeah. It, it depends on right, if they're going to bring order. back Quintero and bring back Molino. Those are two huge questions they have to answer. Yeah. Molino's back. Oh, yes. I'm Quintero. Oh, yeah. I said Quintero and Vito, yeah. pardon me. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would assume that they're going into this offseason, and this is, again, just an assumption, they're going into this offseason pursuing Vito, and it will take until January to to lock it up, um, to, to figure it out. Maybe, you know. Um, and so they will want to protect him going into that. Um, so who are your four? My... I asked you first. My four would be um, this fin- is my podcast now. Yeah, Finley, Molino, um, uh, Miguel, and um, Vito. Uh, and here's here's what I th- here's my prediction. I think another team, uh, if we don't protect Miguel. Another team, Seattle or Houston, will make a trade with Nashville or Miami, and Miguel will go in the expansion draft and get traded there. 
I think Miguel is perfect uh, expansion trade bait, and we don't want to let them do that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not. I'm not convinced he's that in demand. I mean, I wish he was. I think he should be. I mean, I there's there's at least four clubs that that want that are interested in him. Yeah, but how many picks do they? I mean, they're not that many picks. Yeah, but if you can get resources from this guy, that yeah, I I don't know. That's that's just my theory. I don't think, for example, I I don't think Nashville is going to come in and uh, take Quintero in the expansion draft. Just like they wouldn't take Robin Lud. You don't want to bring in someone else's DP as your first DP uh, for so so as far, an expansion. So, so far, no one's protecting Lud out of these out of three. No, no, it makes no sense. I mean, Alex, you're right. Uh, they will protect him, but it makes no sense to protect a guy on that much contract. Where you know you do see that he could be a good player for you, but like you know, you've also kind of it's kind of like you know what. Secretly, we'd be kind of okay if they took him off our hands because that's a big contract. All right, I keep Kevin. Kevin! Kevin! <laughs> Kevin! Miguel. Um, and then I Darwin. And I, and I think I keep Ethan. And not Vito. No. You want to move on from Vito. Okay. I think I think I think my the argument is is right now, if you look at the top um, goalkeeper salaries. I think um, mm-hmm. Howard was number one, right? But he's gone, right? So, so I think it was Howard. It was like two mil. Brad yeah. was on. It's like a seven forty, and yeah. then Vita was number three at like five ninety four, six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So he's not gonna come back for less than six hundred thousand no. dollars. So like he and he's goalkeeper of the year, so he could push that to what six fifty, six seventy five, probably eight hundred fifty. Yeah, right. But well, I mean, but if do you, you get the goalkeeper of the year, right, I mean, right, right. But do, is he is he is he worth more more than Brad Guzan money, or is he and how much more? I don't. I guess I I, I reject the premise. Um, I think that you can't fully compare because the circumstances by which you get someone means how you negotiate it, right? He's not worth 850, but he just won goalkeeper of the year, and there's no way you know that adds 250,000 to to his name. Um, and sure, you could get someone cheaper, but we've seen what cheaper is. Right, so in you're this willing league. to give him past Brad Guzan yeah, money? Yeah, you you some you have to overpay in some of these things, in some of these positions, and absolutely, yeah, use a TAM spot on that. They use they're using a TAM spot TAM money on. Uh, Opara and it works right. Like that, I think that the the way MLS has sometimes worked is backwards, where they're like, "Oh, we'll get all these cheap American guys to do all the uh, you know defensive work, and then we'll spend on these international TAM and DP creative players." And I just don't think that's. I think that the, that's true in some key positions, but you can get really good. Domestic, not just American, but domestic uh, um, strikers. You can get really good domestic wingers. Sure, the the, the like top number ten talent, and that kind of stuff. Maybe the the top creative eight talent is hard to find domestically. But uh, to me, I would say um, you can find a 
left winger to do the Robin Lud role, spend that money on Vito and Opara, and you've got this great back line. You've got a solid uh, midfield. You've got uh, the Miguel and Finleys and those types of people, and you get a domestic, and then you're just spending on uh, Gregush and a number 10 and uh, and maybe a striker, or, or you come and get uh, this this um, striker in Houston who I really like. You know what's funny is who tried that strategy this year was Sporting Kansas City. They let go of Opara. They signed this big money. I think he's Portuguese, uh, Fontas, center back. And they brought in guys like Kellen Rowe to be uh, there, you know, to, to help power their attack. And it totally failed. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the wrong strategy. Uh, I mean, but, but what I'm saying it was is a huge disaster. I'm I'm saying re- reliable, uh, not taking a flyer on defense. Fontas was was bad, and uh, um, I, I take your point. I won't I won't fight with it too much. No, I think it's just overall. I mean, like if you're going to have to pay in that much, you know they're going to keep lewd. So then, 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 then you have to be able to see how deep are the pockets in order to be able to get like. I mean, I'm willing to. I, I personally, hopefully, they, they're searching for someone between the one point five two million dollar range for a forward. Yeah. Right. Someone who who is proven to be able to put at least fifty to twenty goals in the in that. Yeah. And I'm willing to pay two. I, I personally be willing to give them two, two, two and a half, three, maybe. I don't know something that's willing to give. You, you personally are going to give two point yeah, five. Personally, right? <laughs> I personally will give two point five. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the the problem is, uh, uh, like, sure, everyone wants that, but then you like they're they're in high demand, right? And that, that's why going back to this conversation, which is about goalkeeping, um, everyone wants a top goalkeeper, and you have to spend on all these things. And sometimes you can find positions that you can find an adequate, a, a good bargain by, but I just don't think they're out there for goalkeepers. Uh, Steve Steve Clark would have been someone like Steve Clark, but. The Loons have a goalkeeper who, in, in Dane St. Clair, who you hope is ready to be the starting goalkeeper in 2021. So Sure, he's still pretty young then, but yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you could, but, but, but he will have been, at that point, that'll be his third year as a pro, and he's a GA player, so uh, he better be earning his keep by then, or you're going to have some difficult decisions about whether to protect him or not by the 2022 expansion draft, which is the next round. Anyway, I think that, I mean, when you look, when you are plotting what you're going to do with goalkeeper, especially you are, I, I mean, I, you know, again, this assuming that that is the team's plan, but that's the, the sort of sense I would get. You, you're plotting for that. You know, you're, you're, you have to be plotting for this sort of whole changeover in the net. So you, with, when you're dealing with Vito or whatever, you know, I mean, I think the ideal contract for Vito, for instance, is like a two year deal. And he has the, some understanding that, you know, in, in, in the second year of that deal, he does not have a guaranteed spot. So, I mean, if you can't get that deal from him. You can't tell him. You know, that. <laughs> you're, not, you're not bringing him back and saying, "Look, this is a one-year deal, two, two, but really, we don't want you." Uh, I mean, I don't know. He's 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 enough of a veteran that I, mean, I don't know. 
maybe maybe that's something that that he'll understand and appreciate. I, I feel like you should deal honestly with players. He's only thirty one years old. That guy has yeah. has. Uh, yeah, so I, I get what you're saying. You, I don't think you have to say that out loud. But what, what I want to just um, transition to the second part of this little segment is um, the the biggest needs this off season. So what we want to see in the off season. Um, obviously, we talked about the the worries and weaknesses. Um, the uh, the the two only two defensive uh, worries or question marks. I, I, I'll. I'll say is obviously we need to figure out the veto uh, situation if veto if it's not looking good they they obviously need to have another option um and so be looking for that um and then you and i don't even know who's available around the league um the other thing is you need uh you now need a a, a backup or probably um more than a backup for chase gasper um and then you need a backup for um Metinier. Maybe you think Hassani Dotson can do those things, but I think if you really want, especially on the left side, Hassani did great in those couple of games, but um, doing amazing people with a goal and doing things like that um, in a couple of games at left fullback is way different than playing a whole season there if needed and having other teams really suss out what they can do against you. Right, and as long as you don't start Dotson against Barrio, then you're fine. Well, and if no one knows who you are, then uh, yeah, then it's great. You can you can play and you're unscoutable. Um, so we at least need uh, a, a backup. But I'm I'm curious if if you have anything more to say on that other view of of what we need defensively. Do well, we need, do we need someone to do we need a bona fide left fullback starter? I guess is I'll just ask that. No, I mean not a starter. No, I, I think you're. I think if you could get, I, I don't know. They traded away Eric Miller, but a multi-positional backup defender would be very useful. Do you think we need another center back? No, between Coleman, Omsberg, yeah. and if we re-sign uh, Lawrence Olin, right. which we yeah, should, but, well, yeah. that's 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 your center back. I mean, obviously, Coleman suspended, but but Olam, you know, Amsberg and Olam, if there's a true crisis, you know, can fill in and then you get Coleman back. I, I don't think a backup center. If you sign, resign Olam, I don't think a backup center back is necessary. But you you need an Eric Miller like player. I think um, which is funny because we had one. Yeah, but, we gave him away for like. Just Did he sign a contract with anyone? Three, three, three. He just well, he just stayed. It's contract stayed the same. Whatever contract he was under with uh, us. Um, yeah, we traded him away for like basically pizza coupons. I know. Just like, and then signed Moembe Tarant and then cut him. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. The lack yeah. of like long term. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So um, the one one thing um, I always know nothing about the draft. I know nothing about college players, etc. But I do know if Minnesota got a and they won't get a great first round pick or something like that, unless they trade for it. One, th- the, the top priority I would like to see them go for is if they could, well, it's whatever best player they can get. A winger. But let's say they got a top four uh, pick. I would go for a central midfielder. If there's a really good central midfielder, because one thing I think that they, 
need is more depth there. They've got, uh, with Colin Martin gone, you've got Leap and Larry Olam who can fill in center back midfield. You've got Gregush and, and Ozzy. You've got Dotson, obviously, who's who's the understudy there. And you don't have much depth other than that, right? Who, I mean, Chacon maybe could play as a, as a central uh, midfielder a little further back. Yeah. Am, I, am I missing anyone in the, the center, center of the park? No, I mean, now that you've caught... Now that you've, 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 now that Schuller's out, Colin Martin's gone. Colin Martin's out. You need depth in that position. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think and, that, and that, that like, a, I guess that you never really know. I don't, I guess we don't really know if Dot, what Dodson is more of a eight or a six, but you need someone else in that zone. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so the top priorities then, I want you to rank them from uh, highest to, to lowest then. Because the, I wanted to get the de- defense out of the way to, to say what was there. But um, uh, Schiefdecker, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, wh- where do you start with first if you get just one thing to fix in this team? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's striker. The striker is the weakest position. Um if you if Quintero doesn't come back, then that becomes another big hole you need to fix. But for right now, the, the you need you you need a player, and, and you can get either a striker or you can get a, someone who is Quintero like and can be a second striker uh, and pair with Toy. It kind of depends on how far along you think he is and ready, whether he is ready to be a starting striker. Um, but someone in that number nine or right behind the number nine role, that's what, that's what the team needs. Um, one of the interesting parts about the part behind the striker, um, is that we always, there's always the joke about how this is a team of like 30 wingers and it is still true. You know, we have an amazing amount of depth. We just never, see it Use and th- that was kind of one of the the you know chief things by the end of the season that we're bitching about it's like you you've got Chacon and Ibarra and they're not even well, Chacon the, is not a winger so well he's he's he was played in that one and yeah. he looked terrible I mean he's well he's supposed to be a central player I sure I'm I'm just using uh he's 18 so he can be whatever the hell you want him to be if you think he can be but um but in terms of uh the number 10 position so if Quintero doesn't come back you've got Molino and possibly Chacon who can play that you've got Robin Lute who can play that because that's more of his position and then you could just you know you can shuffle Molino out to the left you can have you've got Miguel you've got uh etc you have all these positions the problem is we don't think they're good enough right like we've also got three strikers we just think Two of them are not good enough. Um, I think I guess we don't know what Lud can do centrally. Yeah, but but uh, we haven't seen a lot to engender confidence. No, we don't see a lot of. I mean, you would want that central role to be taking more chances, and we don't see him taking chances. Um, yeah, so, passing, making good passes. Rodrigo, number know, one off-season priority. We, we need someone to put goals in the net. Yeah. That's what we need. We need a finisher. I mean, I mean, we have Lude. We have, you know, I would keep Quintero just because he's been the one 
the one person that's been generating the offense for the past two years. Now he's got a half year, great, but he still scored, you know, 10, even if those four were still PKs, it's still, still goals, right? And right now we are in a deficit of goals, isn't it, at least. And so you need to be able to put someone other that can, they can finish. And Toy right now is, is, is not found a system that works, that works well for him, whether that, you know, whether that's specifically if we like to play both Molino and Quintero together, it just, yeah. it just doesn't seem to work out a system with those three together out there. Uh, mm. it, I mean, and Toy, I, we were like, Toy had a really good stretch and then he didn't, continue that stretch but that's just kind of how it happens like i i think that toy i don't think we can rule out the fact that toy is ready to be a starting striker he can absolutely i mean he should have been starting in the playoff game i'm not saying he like, can't be a starter I'm, I'm not saying i'm not saying you build your entire season around that premise but i don't i guess i don't want to block him like i don't want to block his development i i, I guess he'll I, get I time i mean I mean, he's playing for the national team as it is, so he's getting time. Oh, my, my, my thing is is that every time we've seen play the Molino, Darwin, and, and Toy gets put in there, it just it seems that they don't they don't want to service him. They can't seem to service him the ball the way he needs to be serviced the ball, right? I mean, mm. and I, I mean with Angelo, it seems that they want to always play him directly, you know, a straight pass to him to be able to hold up or be physical enough to be able to do something with it, but... They they don't seem to want to split the, the center backs with a, either a lob or a pass that you would do. I feel like I remember some pretty good long passes from Quintero and Molino to Toy. Molino more more to Toy than Quintero. Quintero not as much. Um, I don't know if it happened with them all three on the field, but so yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the the real the 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 real question for the offseason before you you figure out picking anyone up is um, what you know. And again, this is, I'm, I said we're looking forward, but what's the identity, right? Like teams need a plan A and a plan B, right? But the problem is plan B requires completely different different personnel, right? We had the um, Quintero Angelo uh, Kool-Aid man uh, plan A was then jettisoned for the Molino toy, uh, um, you know, you run off the back shoulder and I'll, t- I'll put the ball to you, um, uh, approach and that requires like shifting quite a bit of of the personnel and and requires making substitutions and so which of these teams are we building around are we building around we're obviously not building around angelo and and darwin i think that that much is very clear but okay then does that mean we think toy and molino is the future and do we try to find another striker who is a bit more toy like right another another striker who can maybe he can do some different things but uh mm. but we're not changing our personality just for whoever we're starting up top so, so actually the cornerstone of this question it, it comes down to Quintero like are you going to have him back what kind of are you going to get 2018 Quintero back or 2019 Quintero back and maybe maybe it's time to move on from from him i mean it seems like um, He's a, he's a very talented player, but it seems like he has somehow lost Adrian Heath's trust. And it sounds like it's sort of mutual, or it, it is felt that way at least. You can't bring back a, a DP who doesn't, who you don't think is good enough to start your two biggest games. In the two most, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 
Yeah. I, no, I, I, so, I'm fully I, on board I, with you, I, but I, do, I don't think I he's I thought Molino had a great season. I, I thought the Toy had a great season. To me, I, I guess you asked earlier what the primary position is, and I said striker. I, I guess I kind of take that back. I, you, you need the second striker position, and you need an answer at that position and an answer at left wing. And that's, you know, so, so let's replace Quintero, you know, we'll find a, a guy like Pozuelo or some, someone, you know, of that, you know of that who, caliber of, you know of that ability. You want, you want to know who? who? Uh, Nicholas Benedetti. He's not playing for Club <laughs> America. So Mark yeah. Fangmar, I, he could not come on the podcast. I, I gave him a, a last minute invite. Uh, he's got the the actual Benedetti watch. We didn't talk about it, but at the Dark Clouds end of the year party, um, he won the Benedetti watch. He won the Benedetti watch. It's a oh, watch that has that has uh, Nicholas Benedetti's face on it. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so I guess we could say two of the. I like Toy. I like Molino. Two of the four attacking position, like starting positions, to me need need answers. So, uh, this is from Rebel Without a Clue. We've had one good window, but do you think? Do, but do you trust the front office enough to to completely um, get it right? Get by declining Darwin Quintero, and then have uh, get by declining Darwin Quintero, and then have to sign four attackers in this window. The question is: Do you wow, four. do you um, trust the fact that if we have to overhaul? The offense. Can we do that many? Because um, we did a lots of defensive signings this offseason. Can we do hit with that many uh, offensive signings? No. I think if we have to sign four, we probably get two of them right. And we get screwed by two? Yeah. I or we sign more Alexi Gomez's, Jose Leton's? I think more Jose Leton's. I completely <laughs> forgot about Jose Leton. Someone, there's someone who reminded me of him uh, uh, over the summer. He didn't even score on a friendly. Oh, my God. He, he, he disproved the theorem. Um, do, do you trust, uh, Alex, do you, do you have trust there? Um, I mean, the, the Robin Lud signing makes me, it, it gives me pause. It, it wasn't a good one. Um. Carl Bates says, which player will cause the bigger um, uh, Twitter storm when it inevitably is announced that they won't be wearing a Loon's Crest next season? Vito or Miguel? Wait, Miguel. Who are people going to be the most upset about online when they don't come back? Vito or Miguel? Batman. Miguel. Miguel. That's an easy question. Uh, Zach, not Zach, nor Zach, uh, says, did Heath get his nickname from the Star Wars Christmas special? What's his nickname? Inchi. I, I, oh. I've never seen the Star Wars Christmas special, but I assume... No, I yeah. don't know. Um, I thought uh, it was a Warren reference. Inchi the Warren. Austin Herman says, talk about Benedetti the entire time, please. Benedetti watched uh, for life. Benedetti, um, Benedetti. We'll just do actually a 10-hour loop of us singing that. Benedetti, Benedetti. Benedetti, Benedetti. Yeah. 
Andy Johns, oh this is our God. last question. What formation and... I'm just going to cut the entire Twitter section. What formation and who's on your all-time favorite Minnesota squ- soccer squad? Soccer squad. Um, uh, I didn't give you guys a, a prep on this. I will say, And then he says, who's your head coach? And I will say, obviously, Carl Craig is the head coach of my all-time favorite Minnesota soccer squad. Plus um, The easy ones are... Ike Para and Connor Tobin at the back. Um, uh, um, I will say, let's see, um, Christian up top. Uh, um, although Pablo, Pablo coming off the bench. I like Pablo on the bench. <coughs> and what, do you keep do you keep Venegas? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Justin Davis, though. I, I will. I will take uh, Justin Davis. Justin Davis. Uh, I'll take I'll take Metnier. I think he's my favorite right back uh, I've seen for us. Um, and uh, let's see, jump jump in with any others. Um, no, Ibsen. Oh, Ibsen is he said all time favorite. By the way, I this is not the all time best favorite. Absolutely, Ibsen's in there. Um, let's see. I'm trying to. Th- I'm I kind of go into my memory here for a, a few of these guys. Um, I mean, Johnny Steele has to make this team. I was going to say, yeah, Steele has to make the team. Uh, Steele makes whatever team we're playing against, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that, you're right, you're right. <laughs> playing against Johnny Steele was way more fun. Uh, um, God, that guy sucked so bad. Who's your goalkeeper? In, that is a great question. Um, I mean, then, Warren or Matt Van Ockel? Uh What, Nel Vito? I will... I'll say Joe Warren. I'll give it Joe Warren. Okay. I, I didn't see him as much. No, not Vito. I mean, Joe was like... I didn't, I, didn't see, I didn't see Joe Warren much at all, but... Joe's legendary. Came out of retirement like 17 times. He was like 70 the last time he like came like a movie. Um, and so, uh, well, yeah, I'll give give him that. Um, any of these other guys? Do you have any nominees here, Alex, or for, for favorites on left? I mean, Miguel is somewhere in there, probably on the... Um, is he in the number 10 role or something? Um, Look, Christian is the striker. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I, uh, I don't know. I loved, I loved Khalif Al-Hassan. He was only here for like a year, but he was fun. <laughs> Khalif, don't like it. Doom, 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 doom. Um, Are you bringing back the Houston player? The all-time favorite, right? It's all-time favorite, right? Which, who's the Houston player? Houston forward at the moment. Christian. Yeah, yeah I, I oh, said yeah. that. We said that like three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, there's a few others. I really liked Daniel Mendez when he played for us. He never quite lived up to it. Giuliano Vicentini. Giuliano Vicentini. Yeah. But I, I don't know if <laughs> you want to you want to for your all time favorite. You go back to Giuliano wow. and uh, and Giuliano well, um, was great because he was he looked like he was forty oh, and yeah. he. He had the, he had the most highly advanced, crafty old man in a rec league oh, yeah. skills I've ever seen of a professional. He didn't have player. a pot belly. He should have had a pot belly. Like you always <laughs> you always see that one like Uruguayan dude who's like got this huge belly, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. school this guy, and he just he destroys you. Giuliano's ability to draw fouls was an elite skill. Yeah, it was better than Pablo's. Oh yeah, because Pablo, everyone knew he was he was faking, but yeah. Giuliano fooled him every time. Yeah. Um, one my one thing I, I'm very mad about from the Giuliano days is that um, when Game of Thrones got big and 
Um, there was some website where you could go to where it would just play the Game of Thrones song where they would just say, Peter Dinklage, P- Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to do that for Giuliano. So every time he would get on the pitch, I'd go, Giuliano, 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 and no one joined me. It's <laughs> one of the, there's one a, of those there's songs. a pattern here of you trying to play oh, yeah. that, that no one, yeah, no one follows. No one. But every once in a while, I come up with something that, that's, that's gold. Um, uh, are we missing anyone else? I mean, obviously, there's there's Kevin people. Uh, um, Kevin Friedland is uh, all time assistant coach, um, and there's there's people who like know the team way older than me. They'd be like, well, Johnny Manyanger, Amos McGee, a few people like that. They're not my favorites because I they're guys who were before my time. Um, my. My all-time, uh, I think it would be more fun, Fun. someone remind me, my all-time send these motherfuckers in a spaceship to the sun, uh, uh, 11, would be more fun. Like Brian Arguez, uh, um, who's the who's the guy we kept on re-signing, who, um, Jason Mora, who got that red card. <laughs> he didn't that really one, do oh anything wrong, though. It wasn't he, his fault. He did. No, he got that red card that one time that I'm still angry about. His last game, um, and he just Andre got this. Gatsmanov was the other guy we kept signing. <laughs> oh, Gatsmanov. Oh, God bless that man. I, I'm thinking of Sinisha Ubiparapovich, who oh. I, I remember it being his debut, coming in on loan, this guy from MLS. He's going to help us tear it up. And he got, within like 10 minutes, like, no, no. just like stamps a guy, right? Or, you're, you're very close. It was not his debut. It was not his debut, but it was within 90 seconds of coming in as a substitute. It was right in front of the fans. Unreal. Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, there's, uh, you know what? We'll have to like prep more of the uh, just go random. I'm just, just enjoying watching YouTube like put up everything. Just, uh, I'm excited just to go hold up Google people. Just, I just, Damien Lowe drove me insane for a whole year. Now he's now Damien he's, Lowe. Uh, killing it with Jamaica. Um, Damien Lowe, um, yeah, I think, I think what, here's the real question. T- uh, like top, uh, like best 11 of like players that just drove you crazy. Like, um, who was, uh, Yago? Like guys who like just come in. Yago make me lose my mind. <laughs> Yago is the, the first Pangop party. Oh my God. Um, yeah, these players who just like, you get so excited about it and it's like, wait, why do we even care about these? Actually, let's not even talk about any player until they played 20 games. Like, I just refuse to recognize that Robin Lud exists until, <laughs> until like at least game seven of, of next season. Um, you just have to prove it to me. Uh, anyone else you want to you put in your, your favorite there, Chief? Remember when we signed Carlos Vega's brother? Al, oh, Al, yeah, Alejandro Vela. So many random th- Oh, the guy from um, Australia. Who oh, never- Richard Garcia, <laughs> who got... Um, who got uh, yeah, uh, Garcia. Yeah, he, he Richard he, Garcia. Yeah, he was supposed to come, and he his visa got delayed. So he he was like supposed to come in like May, and then like August shows up, and he's like <laughs> he plays like five games for us, and then goes then. So like, I think he played two games max. He said, "Yep, uh, I never started. I'm 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 sure of that." Yeah, uh, man. Oh, just the broken dreams, broken Richie. dreams of all these players who just like randomly would show up 
Oh my god! You were complaining earlier it's going to be a long podcast. Are you just keeping longer and longer. Oh, I, I'm now now that we're in this, I'm going to delete the rest of the podcast and just <laughs> the entire podcast is just Alex and I bringing that, up that random stuff. Right? Um, some all right. Someone else is going to like tweet at me a, a name, and I'm, it's just going to blow my brain out tomorrow. Uh, anyway, thanks guys, uh, uh, Rodrigo, Alex. It's great to talk to you guys. Uh, we'll see you all when we see you we'll see, at the playoffs. Um, we'll we'll definitely have those uh for um uh, at blackheart and then obviously this weekend um i think the fc st Pauli watch party is uh on at 10 a.m on saturday um that we've got the U- u17 um uh playing japan on wednesday and then uh they they have a game on saturday evening and then uh you know i'll be bartending the uh Palace Leicester and then Everton Spurs on Sunday. Uh, anyway, thank you all, and we'll talk to you soon. Omar Daly. Oh fuck, dude! <laughs> I, you know, I thought of him. I thought of him. Uh, I, um, while we were going, I was like, "Oh man, yeah, who's the Jamaican dude who's like seventy-five and <laughs> scored like one hat trick? <laughs> he scored a hat trick on like the last game of the season against Tampa Bay Rowdies, where it was like a, a seventeen to eight. Uh, game. Oh my god! So we signed him again. And then he did nothing. Signed him again, and he was gar- he was garbage. He scores a hat trick on the last day of the season, and then we re-sign him, and then he's garbage. Oh man, Omar Daly. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that is so good. This is the podcast that never ends. <laughs> Don't say any other names. I think we're done. Thanks. Say another one. Say another one.